This is Jacob Emerson with the Becker's Payer Issues podcast. Here's your bi-weekly industry news briefing as of August 2nd. CBS Health and Humana are both out with their second quarter earnings this week. CBS posted 10.3% higher revenues in the second quarter year over year and beat investor expectations. But the company's net income dropped 37% since the same time last year, largely because of company-wide restructuring efforts, acquisition-related expenses, increased medical utilization among seniors, and continued pressure on pharmacy reimbursements. During the second quarter, CVS said it developed a company-wide restructuring plan intended to improve efficiency and reduce costs, along with terminating certain initiatives. CVS recorded a $496 million pre-tax restructuring charge, and the initiative is expected to be mostly complete by the end of this year. On August 1st, the company said it is eliminating 5,000 non-customer-facing positions, mostly corporate positions. CVS closed on its acquisition of in-home care company Signify Health for $7.8 billion back in March and closed on its $10.6 billion acquisition of Medicare-focused Oak Street Health in May, which added more than 170 medical centers across 21 states to its network. Across the whole company, total revenues in the second quarter were $88.9 billion, which was up 10.3%. Net income was $1.9 billion in the second quarter, down from $3 billion year-over-year, a decrease of 37%. At Aetna, total revenues were $26.7 billion, up 17.6% year-over-year. Medical membership as of March as of June 30th, is 25.6 million people, an increase of 121,000 members since the same time last year. Over at Humana, they posted a 38% increase in profits year over year and expect to exceed the industry's average Medicare Advantage growth rate this year, according to the company's second quarter release earnings release on August 2nd. Total revenues in the second quarter were $26.7 billion, up 13% year over year, the company posted $959 million in net income in the second quarter, up from $696 million in the second quarter of 2022. The company affirmed its year-end adjusted earnings guidance to at least $28.25 per share. It expects to add about 825,000 Medicare Advantage members this year, reflecting an 18% growth rate. Total Medicare Advantage membership was nearly 5.8 million people as of June 30th. That's up 12.9% from the same period last year. The company's total medical membership was 17.1 million at the end of the second quarter, which is nearly unchanged from 2022. Well, United Health Group subsidiary UMR incorrectly denied emergency room and urinary drug testing claims for thousands. That's according to a new lawsuit filed July 31st in a Wisconsin federal court by the U.S. Department of Labor. UMR is United Healthcare's third-party administrator that provides benefits services to at least 2,136 self-funded employer health plans by denying emergency claims, quote, based solely on diagnosis codes and not applying a prudent layperson standard. The Labor Department says UMR has violated the Employment Retirement Income Security Act of 1974, which of course oversees self-funded plans. The department added that UMR's explanation to members for the denied emergency claims violated the ACA and the government's internal claims procedures regulations. 
For urinary test denials, the Labor Department alleges that UMR denied all claims from August 2015 to August 2018 without determining whether a claim was medically necessary. According to the complaint, UMR changed its claims review process in 2018 to cover some urine screenings that were provided in an emergency setting. The lawsuit is seeking to require UMR to reform its emergency and urinary drug testing claims procedures to comply with ERISA and re-adjudicate all denied or partially denied claims from January 1, 2015 to present. A United Healthcare spokesperson told Beckers that this complaint deals with practices that are no longer in effect and that it will continue to work with the Department of Labor to discuss any concerns it has related to this matter. Well, also at United Healthcare, the first wave of the payers' previously announced 20% reduction in prior authorization requirements will take effect September 1st. The remainder of those reductions will occur November 1st. That's according to an August 1st update on United Healthcare's website. The prior authorization code eliminations will take place on September 1st or November 1st for Medicare Advantage, commercial, Oxford, and individual exchange plans. Eliminations for community plans, which are Medicaid and DSNP plans, will take place November 1st. United announced back in March that it would be eliminating 20% of its current prior authorizations. It also said it would implement a national gold card program in 2024. The company said it will release more information about that program later this year. The full list of eliminated codes are available on the Becker's Payer Issues website. And finally, as demand for GLP-1s such as Ozempic and Wagovi continues to surge, payers and self-insured employers are dropping coverage for the weight loss medications left and right. According to new data from weight management platform Found, 69% of patients do not have insurance coverage as of June for GLP-1s for anti-obesity or diabetes. That's a 50% decline in coverage since December of last year. Found CEO Sarah Jones Simmer told Beckers that demand has been accelerated through platforms like TikTok and advertisements around these medications, so a lot more prescriptions are being written. In reaction, payers are putting more pressure on their PBMs to introduce prior authorization or create more hurdles to getting access or just dropping the drugs from their formularies entirely. A few recent examples, St. Louis-based Ascension dropped coverage for weight loss drugs from its employee health plan in July. And the University of Texas system in Austin is ending coverage under its employee and retiree health plans in December, citing high costs and low adherence rates. Both of those employers employ over 115,000 people. GLP-1s, of course, come with a steep price tag, costing upwards of $10,000 per year without insurance. Private insurers typically don't cover GLP-1s for weight loss only, though they have been more likely to cover the drugs when they are prescribed to treat diabetes. Ozempic, Trulicity, Victoza, and Manjaro are FDA-approved to treat type 2 diabetes, and Wagovi and Saxenda are approved for weight loss. If you'd like the latest healthcare and insurance news delivered straight to your inbox every morning, subscribe to the Becker's Payer Issues e-newsletter on our website at beckerspayer.com.